Citizens X, Citizens X, you are accused of perpetrating an avant-garde drama over uh, FCC-controlled radio, and I just wonder if you can uh, defend yourself. Yes, the the album. Uh, Let him in. Appears to be by the uh, Friedstein uh, Theater, uh, a notorious satire on the American youth movement of today, as opposed to how it was just after the last World War. Uh, when? The. The, the what? The Last World War. Oh, the right last on, one. Right the on. last one. The piece on the first side is entitled piece This Side. Piece on what? <laughs> you have to watch your language on this station. Citizen uh, 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 It's about the quest for putting more sciences into American schooling systems, such as songs as Old Blinding Light from Paranoid Pictures. <clears throat> mm. If you believe at all that you've heard strange things before, I don't think you've ever heard this record. I believe that. <clears throat> Uh, it's so complex and neatly messed up that you have to listen a dozen of times just to catch the secret messages that these kids <coughs> have placed into this. Right on the on. other side, <coughs> called the other side, it's the same thing except that you, you got the commie threat and what'll happen if the threat becomes reality. <coughs> According to Larry Oskin, Ralph and George Tirebiter is the lead character not portraying an imaginable American father or any stereotype image. I'm quoting now. He's the double agent father type that is American yet wins in the political race only to assume his real identity as a Finko commie. <clears throat> if you think you're mixed up now about politics, just wait till you listen to this this album. Right on, right on. It's your local John Birch Society. Larry, we'll be back with the news in just a second. But... Giant Toad Supermarket. Attention all money savers in the Richmond, Syracuse, Tri-City area and all you wonderful people out at Ed Siegelman's Ground Zero Equal Opportunity Apartments. Yes, our manager Darwin Paul has opened up his pants early this Christmas to let you in for the biggest in unhealable Deep Cut Discounts. Now, agglutinated beans, giant and hypo size, two for 47 cents. Ma Rainey's moleskin cookies, buy the tin at $1.87. Save on peach pits, this week only, see our boy at the back. Dog food for the doggy? Well, doggone it, we've got all six varieties of martyr brand, kidney and beef offal. Talk to Charlie Cranepool, Ed's dad, at our liquor department about choice USDA bourbon and rump roast cocktail party mix. Last and least, there's plenty of seasick fresh produce at our vegetable counter. Don't worry about the flies, we won't weigh them. So wary shoppers, take the lift out of life and drop your load on the giant toad. We give double discounted multiple identity As you will remember from our last episode, Mark Time, star detective of the Circumsolar Federation and his rocky jacket sidekick Bob Bunny, has been taken as prisoners to the subterranean ice caverns on Jupiter, where the warlord, Prince Acturus, keeps his court and consul. Let's join them. Ready? Here we go through Time Warp 2! Moon rocks, Mr. Time. It looks like I've stoked my last atom furnace. There's nothing in the system that I can get help us to down it down here. If only I what? hadn't let what? Doc Technical go the off after warp. that stray asteroid by himself. He's so old and stupid. Well, that's fuel under the reactor now, Mr. Time. Prince Arcturus has us by the thrusters. With you as bait, half the Federation Navy's gonna come blasting in and the Prince will have him trapped like Mars flies in a Klein bottle. Ah, that's where you're wrong, Bob. You see, the Looter Council knows we've been captured. It's up to those Navy boys now to confuse Arcturus and his Mothmen into letting us get control of the communications reactors. Well, scramble my feedback! 
But what about Doc? Dr. Technical is on his own, Bob, right in the middle of the biggest battlefield this old universe oh, has ever seen. Gamma Ray, I wish I could scan him on my video, Mr. Time. He must be mighty hot around the... In the black reaches of space, a glistening little rocket sub turns slowly over end over end. A power failure has left her helpless. Inside, Dr. Technical races against the sidereal clock to find out the source of the trouble. Outstanding blast at the blazes! The trouble ain't in the piles or my piles, and it ain't in the converter. I wish the sunrise had never learned how to pilot one of these space rafts. Never worth a margin nickel anyway. Ah, if I can just jerry-rig a new water pump here. Now, oh, my glory, there goes the video. How do you turn the darn thing on here? Attention! This is Prince Arcturus. Oh, hi. Men of the Federation, wherever you are, I am now in command. It was useless to send Mark Time and his red-headed friend to spy on me. They have been captured and languish in caves of methane ice a thousand miles below my fortified palace. You must surrender, men of the Federation. I, Prince Arcturus, command it! Well, if that don't take the rings off a boomer, Mark's in a heap of hot gas now. And I can't do a thing but go around and round in this tin box. Ah, here comes another one. Prince Arcturus, Commander Demolt of the Federation Navy speaking. A thousand men, mutants and just plain Joes from little moons all over the universe are ready to chase you back to whatever evil world you came from. Batten down the hatch of that, Arcturus. Here we come. Well, my stars. Looks like I'm gonna miss out on all the exposition and the biggest thing since the eagle landed. If I can just get this dad flamed water pump to turn over. All right, Bob, now you know the plan. Huh? The attack's set for daybreak, lunar time. That's about two minutes from oh, now. Boy. All right, you get the guard's attention by urinating through the window in the cell door, and I'll knock him out when he comes in. Ready? I guess if I'm not in orbit now, I'll never be, Mr. Time. Good, all right, hold on the pad. Ignition, blast off! Time and Bob make their childish trick work. Can Dr. Technical get out of the asteroid belt before two mighty rocket fleets launch their attacks around him? Who knows? Who cares? Listen next week. Same fire time, same fire station to... Mark What's that? What? What is this? Boy, that doesn't get no engineering awards. No. Get that trumpeter out of here. Oh, the jive's been drinking that bourbon and beef rump cocktail. He and Bob Dylan have been sitting out there in the back getting uh, high with uh, some corn uh, silk and rum. Hey, you know, a little, a little home-fed corn-spun news here. I uh, would like to tell everybody that indeed the Mission Inn in Riverside, California is open. It is? And for anybody who can afford to stay in a hotel, which is not very many people... 
They should go out and see the mission in. It's incredible. Do you know what it was like in the mission days? Uh, I know what it was like in the mission days. Why, the, the family worked in relays, remember, Bill? They, they, they got there on the, on the dividing line, strung out, strung together... And, strung up, man. Strung and, up. And, you can well, say it. Go ahead. Strung up. Yeah, That's, right. true. That's it, true. It was, but it was basically, wouldn't you agree, a very happy and, and, and prosperous time? I mean, <laughs> I mean, life was simple and natural. There was constant labor, but it was diversified. You know, I mean, the large flocks of sheep raised chiefly for wool made mutton cheap. Everything was homemade. Mutton was, sheep? Yeah, mutton sheep. They aren't here this week. Well, for the young... Well, I mean, okay, for, for the young men and the young women, it was an alluring life. Maybe not for the people about to check out, but, I mean, the old way gave no time to themselves, man. You remember what it was like. There was the cow to milk, the pigs and the poultry to care for, the yep. garden making insistent demands. Now they worked at certain hours for certain wages and rested. There's I mean, the cow. I, I had to go out and bring it in. I'm sorry, Yeah, and they, they used to have dance halls, Pete. Right. Remember? That's, that's right. That's, that's true. Yeah, they belonged to a syndicate, and, the, and uh, it was a chain that had the protection of certain license inspectors, other employees, and plainclothes policemen and policewomen and the city magistrate. And the magistrate was even rumored to have an indirect financial interest in them. Those the, were really great The days. magistrate had a social disease at that time, you know. You didn't lose... Yeah, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't arrest any hostesses, no. and you couldn't frame any girls or anything. I mean, it was really like good times. The police would dance ah, with the girls and everything. Until Cole got got discovered, yeah, Bill. That's right. uh, that was valuable for fuel, but it, 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 it made necessary the invention of the steam engine. So, as they used to say in the White House before 1812, when things are needed, we dig down and find them, or reach up and secure them. The humming, sweating legions of toiling men were like mysterious devils, with machinery more terrible than pitchforks, doing the will of destiny in the person of the lords who owned the mines. George yearned to get into the bowels of the earth. Farmers forsook the soil. The uncertainty of a crop was replaced with a certainty of a given wage. Many a man who could not find a job, now read this bill, at a man's wage, quit work and was supported by his wife and children. To rear a family became a paying enterprise. At 14, he was permitted to join the miners. He entered the pits as a picker. That is, he picked up coal and threw it in a picker, pick. He developed such mechanical cunning that he was rapidly promoted to the job of brakeman. And then, Plugman. Coal, you say? Coal, did you say, Bill? You talking about coal? Hopefully the line of opposition to the strip mine machine will continue to stiffen. I mean, no one denies the benefits which coal has brought to a developing right. nation and a That's bustling right. economy. True enough. But if men are to find on this land the necessities of life hundreds of thousands of years from now, we must cure ourselves of the expediency complex. The coal seam was 75 feet under the earth. At the mouth of the tunnel, the coal seam was raised on an angle facing the mountain. We drove the tunnel 100 feet and met the coal seam and faced up the coal. After we drove the tunnel 20 feet, the rock was hard as flint rock. We had to sharpen our old auger often. Sometimes it would take as much as two hours to drill one hole. We were going about one foot a day in the tunnel. The air was bad. There was no ventilation. We decided to blast one day and clean the loose rock out the following day. We had to get some air in the tunnel, so we bought several joints of black two-inch pipe and screwed them together and pushed them into the tunnel. We pulled the blower off the blacksmith shop and attached it to the pipe and placed the blower three feet from the ground. All you had to do was turn the crank on the blower and pump air into the tunnel. He tried to transmit his intellectual experience to his brother workers, but with discouraging results. Ah, get out of here! Once in the pit, he attempted to explain to them that the world was round, and he spun about vigorously on his feet to drive home his point. Ah! He's crazy, Louis! But the men laughed skeptically and declared that his information was absolutely untrue. Careful, 
Henceforth, George remained isolated in the spring of his expanding universe. You know, mountains have been removed, and societies and psychologies destroyed, and surface excavations resembling vast moon craters with hundreds of feet of soil, Bill, and rock uh, discarded in the assault to reach the coal have been left in massive piles. 